Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Whenever my next guest comes on, I can't wait for the world to hear him. My buddy, my friend, Matt Labosco. Ah, my heart pitter patters when I think about him and all the beauty he is bringing to so many people in the world. He's such an amazing friend. He inspires me every day and he's an incredible coach and mentor. Did I say enough? Yes. <laughs> I've known him for a little bit and every day he just surprises me with what he's putting out in the world. And I still take his group classes in addition to individually coaching. Even though when we started out years ago, I just thought, hmm, I'm going to bring him on my podcast to interview him about what's going on. And then he switched it up and said, hey, would you like to be one of my guinea pigs? I'm doing this program and I need two years to coach people before I can become an official coach under Joey Klein with the inner matrix. And I thought, okay, what the heck? It's free. I love learning. I can always learn something new. And then before you know it, that's it. He's my coach. And I look forward to our sessions. Well, let me just restate that. Sometimes, you know, it's a little nerve wracking because he doesn't let me get away with anything. He calls me all my stuff and it can be tough sometimes, but it's always worth it. And I always want to go there and he knows it most times before I do. So I can't wait to share them with you. The big topic, even though we always go off because we're such good buds, you never know what direction we're going to talk. So we were talking about what are those special questions you want to ask your big guests. With him, it's not that way. It's back and forth, just an amazing conversation. And the headache, you're not broken. You don't need to be fixed. He says that so much. Yes, there may be things you want to work on and develop. I love that because my whole life I used to say to people, there's nothing wrong, damn it. And I didn't mean it that way, but. Yes, I have stuff to work on, but stop going and trying to figure out things that could be really wrong that I don't know. But anyhow, have fun. Enjoy it. As always, we appreciate your support on Patreon. I'm new to there. Even just a few dollars makes a huge difference for me to keep doing what I'm doing. And I love doing what I'm doing. And like it, rate it. Until next time. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Oh my goodness, I could talk to this man for hours, Burn all the time you would think he's like 110 years old because people always say well who's your mentor who's your mentor and i've had a lot of great amazing mentors teachers leaders but this young man matt i really think he gets me which is a good thing <laughs> though i've stuck with him and he really does inspire me and push me to do great things but before i bring him on because Today of all days, I got to go live after this recording and we could just talk forever. So I'm going to tell you about Matt. Matt Labosco, dear friend and mentor, is a licensed conscious transformation trainer, energy practitioner, and movement therapist. He works with individuals all over the world through his private practice classes and workshops. Matthew has studied with some of the most revolutionary and progressive health professionals in the fields of psychology, meditation, physical rehabilitation, and nutritional science. His multidiscipline approach has empowered individuals from all over the world to access a life of health and vitality that he didn't realize was possible. Matt, what's up, dude? What's happening, Sandy? Always good to be here with you. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited that I get to see you at least once a week. I'm in a class with Matt. I used to do just individual training, but I'm loving these courses. Before we even get into anything, 
what, how would you tell people to get connected to those courses? Cause I'm freaking loving them. Yeah. I mean, anybody can come like be a guest in any class at any time. So it's totally, uh, totally open to to check out um i can even if you'd like sandy um send you a link for it's just a form and say hey i'd like to crash one of your classes and they can fill it out and they can come check it out i i right now i'm teaching five classes a week mm. so there's definitely some opportunities and i'm starting um power of vision which is you know a class all about creating um so that class starts you know, um, in February. And so always an opportunity oh. to check it out. Yeah. I'm in the power of intention. And every time I think, okay, I got this down, I got this down. All of a sudden I go on and there's just one little pearl of wisdom, either that I asked or somebody, else, and it just changes the way I looked at things because I'm coming at it from a whole new perspective. But before we get into that and why people are always like, Sandy, why do you do so many self-help things? I need to know, Matt, if you, I need a lot of help apparently. No, there's nothing wrong with me, damn it, I'm not broken. <laughs> hey, we're either driving our experience or it's, it's being driven by something else. So, all right, here's the deal. One word that best describes your past 30 days, what would that be? My past 30 days? Yeah. Ooh, um, uh, let's see. That's a good one. My past 30 days. Where am I? I'm in February. So <laughs> Whatever comes to your head. <laughs> I guess the first thing that, 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 that came into my head was an inspiring last 30 days. It's been a, it's been an inspiring last 30 days. Because you're always inspiring and being inspired, but what has like stood out for you? Oh, you mean like something that's occurred? Mm -hmm. Oh, in the last 30 days, um, I have, I mean, the beginning of the year for me is always a time to like really name what I want to create this year. And so um, one thing that I have, uh, that I named for myself uh, this year, and I was actually so excited that I was able to do it. It's something actually I was working on a little last year, but I was, I played my first classical music song on the piano, um, which was Sarah Lee by, by good old Beethoven. And um, I can't tell you how, how great that felt to play that song. And I am not, you know, I mean, I took piano as a kid and just kind of got back into it last year. So when I think of the last 30 days, like that was definitely a highlight was, was being able to play that song, you know, through its yeah. entirety. You know? Yeah. So that was, so that's why it's just been a very inspiring beginning yeah. of the year. Cause it's just given me more permission to say, you know what, like anything's really possible. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. If I knew that, I would say, bring the piano and you would have played your song for us. Oh, uh, I'll it, definitely do that, man. Yeah. Is it right near That'd you? Be fun. Where, where's the piano? It's in the next room. Ah, oh, bugger. All right. Well, you never know, people. I might yeah. have them record it and put it on. <laughs> Do a concert. No, but those things really matter. It's like my client saying, oh, my gosh, I did a, a push-up, like a real push-up, not on my knees. Yeah, you know, exactly. it makes you It makes you realize, what else can I do? And we talk about that you all the time. You got it. Now, Matt and I usually, you know, we go off. Who knows where we go off? But we do have a theme, and I have asked people questions. And we got so many of them, but we're not going to get through them all. I picked the top five. Here's the theme. There's nothing wrong, damn it. Broken. <laughs> now, I have to tell you a little story that why it means something to me. Because when I was a kid, and that's a whole nother podcast, and they would drag me into the uh, doctor's office with my mom, I would look at the therapist and psychiatrist, and I say, I know you're going to look at her and say, what the? But I'm telling you, there's nothing wrong, damn it. And they would look down on their little glasses like an owl, like I, you know, vision an owl with these big spectacles and look at me and go, huh, I think she might be right. And I would just go on to the next thing. So my whole life, I was thinking about that there's nothing wrong, damn it. But that's different than addressing things. And you opened my eyes to that because you always say, I'm not here because I'm broken. And I want you to tell the story about the woman who came in with anxiety, because that really changed <laughs> yeah. my world. How do you look at it? Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it was a it was a game changer for me too because it was you know probably about it was right when I moved to Florida, which was believe it or not five years ago, and somebody referred her to me, um, you know, to work with her, and she came into my office, and man, I can just picture it all. It was such a such a such a key um, moment in my journey, and she sat down, and you know, I started the session like I usually do. How can I help you today? And She's like, I'd like you to help me work on my anxiety. And I said, and it just kind of just like in that moment, I'm like, God, that's an interesting way to phrase it. And I said, well, how long you've been working on your anxiety? And she's like, 40 years. I said, well, it sounds like you've mastered it. Let's try, some, let's try working on something else. Right. And Did it was she just laugh? like, well, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, I, she definitely gave me the dog head tilt, I call it, which was like, you know, like when a dog kind of looks at you when he's talking at you, cause he's trying to like make sense of what you're saying. Like she kind of gave me that little tilt, like, wait, what? You know, it was a, I could tell it was a paradigm shift for her immediately because like you said, she's been labeled now for 40 years as an anxious person and she has this problem called anxiety and she's been high focused on solving her problem with anxiety. And so what has that created? A master's degree in anxiety. Okay. So I said that to some of my peeps out there and I said, what do you want to say, Matt? And they're like, okay, Matt, then what do I do? If I feel like I really, what did this woman say? I legitimately tell Matt was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. So then what do I go in and tell the therapist? Wait, so what, what, what's the question? I just want to make sure I'm understanding the question. She, so she, when I put that out there to people, they, the woman said, please ask Mass, what should I ask when I go into the therapist's office? Because I've been in the past diagnosed, make sure I get this right, with anxiety disorder. So what oh, do I say to you. that? Yeah. Um, I mean, what the, like, What's going to um, get the person that's asking this question and anybody who's suffering from anxiety to the destination they actually want to get to is to name the destination they want to go to. And so the tendency is we focus on trying to eliminate the thing that we think is going to get us to some destination, but we never name the destination. So, for example, like I want to eliminate anxiety. That's not actually what we want. We believe eliminating anxiety is going to give us access to maybe peace or joy or love or serenity or inspiration or passion. So we're not really, we don't really want to get rid of anxiety. We actually want to access joy. But we put so much focus on the thing we think is going to get us to the joy that it actually has us hyper-focused on the very thing we don't want. And the way it works with the mind and energy and focus is we, we don't create what we intend. We create what we focus on. Okay. And so if I focus on not anxiety, the brain can't focus on not anxiety. So if I'm like, I don't want to be anxious, I don't want to be anxious, mm -hmm. my brain is focused on anxiety. So if I take a step back and say, okay, I'm in the current experience of life that is an anxious experience. What's the experience of life I'd like to know? Ah, I'd like to know peace. I'd like to know joy. I'd like to know love. Great. So step one is let's start focusing on that and, and, and accept that, oh, I need to learn how to create that, that reality. I need to learn how to create that experience for me. And okay. until someone teaches you how to create that, it's not even your fault that you're anxious. No one's taught you anything different. Yeah, yeah. So do you still... I'm going to go right into the next question. Acknowledge, hey, I have anxiety, like not deny it, but then. No, I don't. I, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. The and question. then, and she said, and then change my focus. This is a young man. We'll call him Billy Bob. You Billy know, Bob. so, okay. Billy Bob says, I've had anxiety. He's 25 for the past five years. Uh -huh. Do I acknowledge I have anxiety and then change my focus? That's his question. Yeah. The way that you want to acknowledge it is I have, I, because he's not anxious all the time. Nobody's anxious all the time, right? Like Correct. anxiety Correct. is a normal emotional experience that everybody on the planet has at times. And I understand that some people can have the experience a little bit more than others, but nobody's anxious all the time. Correct. Because there are times we forget to be anxious. We laugh at something and we're joyful. And you know, like, it's like, shit, I forgot to be anxious. I'm an anxious person. Like, I got to go back. Oh, no, wait, I'm anxious. I need to be anxious. Like, yeah. like, we forget. 
right? Like at times, something distracts us. Like we're, we're, we're engaged in something. And because the mind is focused on something else, we forgot we're quote unquote an anxious person. And then we're in a different experience just simply because we took our focus off of it, right? So any emotional experience that you're inside of, it is important to acknowledge what's happening, but acknowledge it as an experience I'm in right now. Like it's an experience. It's like the weather. Hey, it's raining now. It's not going to rain forever. I'm not the rain. I'm not anxiety. It's an experience I'm having. And so it's about shifting our relationship between the emotional experience that we're inside of. A lot of people identify themselves as the experience. And so now they become enslaved to it. Gotcha. They become the identity of the experience as opposed to, no, in this moment, I feel anxious. I'm in the experience of anxiety, and it's okay that I'm here. And there's a slew of techniques to, to go from there. But, yes. but yeah. that's, that first step of awareness and acknowledgement is important. It's not about denying where you are. It's, it's acknowledging that I, I'm in an experience I'm in. It's okay that I'm there, and it's not who I am. I, I am not anxious. Like, I don't ever have anybody uh, uh, identify themselves as their emotional experience. Okay, because emotions I got are, are, it. I got are it. fleeting. They're fickle. We're happy one moment. We're pissed the next. We're anxious. We forget to be anxious. We're joyful. <laughs> like, we're freaking yeah, schizo yeah. because it's just <laughs> an emotion. It's like the weather. Yeah. <laughs> Like and the emotions that here. we feel more. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> like, and here's the way the brain gets better at feeling at, 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 um, at certain emotions. The brain is always looking to be efficient. So the more I feel an emotion, the better I get at it. The brain literally gets more efficient at that experience. It's hardwired for efficiency. So the more I feel anxious, the better I get at creating anxiety. Gotcha. I think Billy Bob, that helped Billy Bob. I'm sure it did. I hope so, Billy Bob. If not, you could check, you could check out one of your classes. All right. Yeah. Which leads me to the next one. Now, I want to keep in mind, Matt is not a psychiatrist. We want to say that or a psychologist, but people. Yes, I am not. I, I have trained people in, in meditation yeah. and, and mental focus. And yeah, yeah. absolutely. But I want to say yeah. this because so many people, I think they're asking questions and you can say, Sandy, I don't feel qualified to answer it. But this next young lady said, okay, so I'm 30 years old and just found out I was diagnosed with being bipolar. Now it's a whole really, really long page, but I'm going to boil it down if I can. I hopefully you don't get it wrong. But she's saying, I never knew I was, and now I am, and I'm afraid that I'm going to be like, I, guess, I think the word is pigeonholed, you know? And so there's that line of, is she bipolar? And that's, you know, a chemical thing, and I just have to live with it. Or do I just say, okay, that's something, but I can do, I can change a lot of who I am. Do you, do you understand the question, Matt? Like she's confused. Like she wish she never knew she was bipolar, and her like now she's thirty and some, just got diagnosed with it, but never thought of herself like that. Just thought of herself as an emotional person. Yeah, I big, got you. I mean, big question. Big question. Well, again, you're you're getting the perspective of a a professional. So you know, um, if the it. it Think of it this way: like I have, I've had, uh, I've worked in the field of like you know orthopedic and and rehabilitation for a while with with the body. That's kind of where I started my journey and was there for about 13 years. And I'd have people come in and say, "Hey, I was told that I have you know um, a rotator cuff tear, et cetera, et cetera." This person evaluated me. I said, "Okay, um, did you did you go somewhere else and ask?" somebody else what they because they're giving you their perspective i'm not saying it's wrong or right but but it's a perspective and so um when you look at it as okay i can hold this diagnosis that this person is is giving me and look at it from the place of all right what what is the power that i have so they're they're saying i have this thing okay great what are some things i can do to um you know where's where's my control where's my power right oh mm. i can start to um learn how to um um direct my mind learn how to yeah. um if, if emotions were a thing that seemed to be 
you know, uh, I was I was inside of a lot of different emotional experiences. Well, maybe I can look into some ways to 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 learn how to be okay with my emotions. Like mm. get, like there's a there you know there are definitely things out there, and obviously the classes that I teach, like Power of Emotion, um, it teaches you how to manage different emotions. And yeah. so, hey, I have got this diagnosis. That's fine, but what can I do? to to really create the life that I want to know for myself. Like I would like to know a sense of peace and joy and et cetera, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in my life. I'm going to focus on creating that reality and trying some different things and allowing the results to speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. If do you think I'm you have able people to take on course? certain things. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do you think you have people in the course that have been diagnosed with bipolar? Have you ever worked with people or had them in your There's groups? no one billion percent. Yeah, I mean, we have had more people diagnosed with different things, and I'm not saying that the diagnoses are wrong or right. Always follow your doctor's whatever, like yeah, your yeah. prescriptions, like 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 that is goes without saying. Yes. But I'll say it anyway. <laughs> um, you know, this type of training and work can be a a a supplement, uh, something to like do in addition to whatever treatment they're doing, and yes. then you know allow results to you know. To, to, to give you permission to do the thing that's working for you. And, and, and just, to, just again, like one professional's opinion, you might go to a different psychiatrist and they might say, yeah, no, you're good. I, I literally just was on the phone with a client this morning who went to a doctor that said, oh, um, what was the diagnosis they gave her? Um, uh, you have um, Lyme's disease. It's absolute. Like this doctor said, you have Lyme's disease. We need to teach you. We need to treat you for Lyme's disease. And she went to get another opinion, which is my always my recommendation yeah, for yeah. anything. And this other doctor's like, you don't have Lyme's disease. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying so. It's like now what? You go to a third and one. So <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. So my 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 point to this is like. Just because someone has an opinion or perspective doesn't make it a fact. Yeah, yeah. Because you can find someone else that has a di- like the same licensure and 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 right to diagnose you will say something different. So so my my you know uh, my 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 perception my my invitation to people is you know find the people that seem to make sense to like what you want to create. If that's like yeah this diagnosis, this pers- this perspective that I'm hearing, you know, kind of puts me in this box that I'm not willing to step into. I'm going to go somewhere else and see if someone has a different perspective on my situation. Mm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Totally the same, same letters next to the name, same, same, like license and all the things like, yeah. Right. So, you know, don't be enslaved to one person's opinion. That's all. Agreed. And explore things and allow results to speak for themselves. Oh, perfect, Matt. I love that. Okay, this is what I have to throw in because this woman is a who. She says, because I told him that you said you're not broken, right? You're not here to get fixed. And she mm-hmm. said, tell Matt, I think he's wrong. I've lived with my family now for a year. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny. She's yeah, like, no, he says nothing's broken. I could tell you, wait, she's got 15 things wrong with her husband and 20 wrong with each kid. I mean, she's being funny. She's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. at the end of it, she's like, are you, are you kidding me? Seriously? There's things they definitely need to fix. She said, they're definitely personality flaws that I didn't know they had until quarantine for a year with them. I would love to hear your opinion on that, Matt. And I know this woman, but I won't say her name. She's a hoot. She's got three kids. Her husband and her yeah. work from home. She's trying to juggle. And she just mm-hmm. thinks she would be better off if they just would follow her rules because they got so much oh, yeah. shit wrong with them. Sure, yeah. She's, she, she knows what's best. I get it. Um, what is my comment to that? Is that what yeah. you're asking for? Yes. Like, how would I? <laughs> well, first of all, that's absolutely fine to hold it that way. Like, there's nothing wrong with holding it as all these people are broken, and if I could fix them, everyone's life would be better. Like, I would look at that as an approach and a strategy and then ask yourself, what is that created for me? Because that's a strategy. 
like looking at things that are broken and having all the answers. And if I could just get people to do the thing that I think is best for them, the world would be a better place. Like if you just take a step back and look at, okay, well, what's that created for me as an experience of life? Because here's the reality. Every, you're not broken or you're broken. Neither one of those are real or true. They're just beliefs, they're perspectives. Right? Every belief you have produces a, 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 a reality of life, an outcome in life. If I were to look at myself as broken or somebody else as broken and I believed it and I had all the narrative and the data to point out all of the ways they're broken and screwed up, yeah. if I invest in that belief structure, it's going to mean something for me. It's going to, like, it's going okay. to, it's okay. going to create a reality, right? So I'm not saying you're not broken is a fact or that you're broken is a fact. Both of those perspectives are very different and they will completely create a completely different experience of life for you, right? If yeah. you take on the belief structure that these people aren't broken, they're just trying to do the best they can like the rest of us. And they're okay. just trying to navigate life like everybody else mm-hmm. and doing the best they can with the tools and resources they have, just like me. That's a different perspective, a different belief structure, a different paradigm that's going to produce a completely different experience of your day. Would you agree? Yes, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, don't, and I know bots, whatever, but. Don't you just sometimes think, oh, my God, if they would just listen to me, they'd be happier. Yeah, but see, I'm not. But here's the thing. When you really get real about it, I'm not really concerned about them making better choices. If I'm actually real with myself. Come on, your kids, I'm trying to manage. Oh, no way. If I'm real about it, I'm uncomfortable with their choices. I don't like their choices. It makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'd like them to change the way they're doing their thing so I feel better. I I get that for most people, but what about kids? No, but it is – no, kids especially. Like kids is the number one place where we do this. We literally ask our children to make us feel good about ourselves and and have peace. Like we, we put that burden on our kids. Hey, you're not making bad – you're making bad decisions. I don't like it. It makes me feel uncomfortable, like I'm not doing a good job as a mom, so I need to get you to do the better thing so I feel better about myself. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. There's something I've I've been hearing recently, and you're making me think of it, and there was even like a sitcom about it. Well, their kid went to college, right? And the Uh first thing the parents say, well, we did our job. We did good. We got them off to the right start. And they always say that. Like, if your kid didn't get as other my friend goes – crap my kid wants to be an artist so i guess i wasn't a good parent i mean i don't know if you hear that but they really never met a mom that doesn't that's not number one a parent i mean moms definitely have the like you know seem to fall into their lap more but a parent that's number one goal inside of being a parent isn't to know they did a good job yeah that's what they're after period end of story so if you really think about it if I do not feel like I'm doing a good job based on my children's choices, yeah, how does it make me feel? Yucky, like you failed. Exactly. So I want to get rid of that feeling. So the only way I know how to get rid of the feeling, because no one's told me, told, taught me how to actually manage my own emotional space, the only way I know how to get rid of this feeling is to try to get them to make better decisions. Okay, I knew we were going to go down some path, but here you go, this dude. Is a, I'm not saying this is a conscious thing. I'm not yeah. talking about conscious mind. I'm not talking about what people thinking on a regular basis. I'm not saying any parent is saying, yeah. I don't feel good about myself, and I want my kids to make better decisions, so I feel better. There's not a parent in the world that's conscious enough to, to – like, they're not yeah. thinking that. Maybe. Okay? They're yeah. not thinking that. I mean, some of them, actually, I have had conversations with some parents, and, and they're like, absolutely. I just don't want to be stressed. I want them to make better decisions so I don't have to be stressed. I'm like, well, at least you admitted it's all about you. Yeah, that's they're great. honest. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So you're right, Sandy. There are definitely people that, that do that. But I would say the majority of people are doing it because they truly believe it's the way they love and care for their kids. 
they, that's what we've been taught. We've been taught love is worrying and and worrying about our children. I mean, we did that podcast way, I think it was a couple of years ago now, like stop worrying about your kids, right? Um, you know, shifting from the framework of I'm not here to protect my children. I'm here to empower them to learn how to live in the world. I'm here to train my kids. Okay, so switching to that, what do you do when you say, okay, fine, I get it. Logically, I get it. But when your kids do something and you think, oh, crap, I passed it down to them. Do you know what I mean? Like there's certain habits you have or way you treat people, things that you really love about yourself and things you, you don't want to change or work on. And then you see it in your kids. Don't you think you're going to like going to be like, oh, God, I screwed them up in that area. No, because I, I, I already know my kids are screwed up. <laughs> Just because, and you know, you know what I mean? Like my kids are screwed up. Like if, if, if I'm going to identify my kids as screwed up, then we should identify the entire population of people as screwed up because we're all, we're all screwed up then. Because none of us are, none of us are going to like have it all work perfectly. Like it, this is a fantasy land. Right. So we can either hold it as everybody screwed up or we can hold it as everybody is exactly where they should be. And it's perfect. Here's full confession, just something that caught me a little bit off guard. And, you know, I, I work on this all the time and I do really get it. But I tend to say I'm sorry a little too much. And I noticed that my son the other day. He says he's sorry all the time. I listen to his friends. He goes, well, mom, I'm trying to work on that, but I got that from you. And I'm like, ah crap and i actually felt bad for that well yeah you can say well now that you know you got it from me you don't have to can like once you have it it's yours oh yeah i might have given that to you but you're the one holding on to that so you can let go of that whenever you want yeah but i do think for me specifically having kids it it actually makes me want to work on me more I don't know if that's other people too, but it just usually we, well, it's a, it's a human tendency that we'll do more for others than we'll do for ourselves. So it's, it's okay to leverage that to, to motivate ourselves to do things, to manage our own and be accountable for our own space. I think it's, I think it's human nature is that we are innately more willing to do for others than we are for ourselves. And the yeah. kid space yeah. is definitely one of those places. Yeah. Like things maybe I want to thought about, I'm like, yeah, I really want to, really tune in on my energy and where I'm going and what's possible. But I think if you more so want to do it because I have kids. Yeah. And here's the other thing, just kind of, I have never met a parent that wants their kids to live for other people. That's so right? true. That's so okay, true. I've never met that, that parent. They all want their kids to live for themselves. Correct. Yet, as parents, we're actually teaching them how to live for others because we're living for them. Our day is determined on our kids' decisions. Yep, yep, so yep. we've made our life about them. We're, we're teaching them how to live through others and for others and make other people's decisions like impact my day and my life. Like, mm. so here's that idea again, intention one thing, actual focus and impact is something totally different. Hmm. So true. All right. Let's go back to some of these questions. I want to make sure I get them in. This young man said, <laughs> I know we'll, we'll be off on this, but this young man said, okay, Sandy, I know you always say, Hey, it all depends on perspective and how to look at things. But ask Matt, if I listed all the things that he knew I went through, he would feel sorry for me and understand why I'm overwhelmed. Should I send him a list of everything that happened to me in my life so that he can understand how could I possibly be happy? Ooh, he's 22. I mean, it was just kind of a statement. Like, how can he possibly think I have a chance of happiness if he knew the life I went through? Yeah, I mean, what I can speak to are the people that have, um, I was actually sharing this story in my class last night, um, and some of the people in the class knew this young woman who came to a, a weekend program in Los Angeles, I think it was maybe four years ago. Mm. I didn't hear this story, by the way, because my thing's dotted out. So I'm like so excited for you to tell it. Yeah. And 
actually it was my class after yours. Mm. So I, so that's, I taught two classes last night. Um, and this young woman, I mean, she probably came, she was probably 1920, something like this. And I honestly, to this day, have never heard a more horrific reality that somebody lived mm. as a child. Like, never. Yeah. Okay? I, I honestly, like, you would see this in a movie and you'd be like, yeah, that doesn't really happen. Yeah. No, it does. And, and, and she is one of many people that I've met that have um, had certain experiences in their life. Mm. Um, and, you know, she came to this weekend program and um, somebody actually dragged her there. Um, mm. But she came, right? You know, at the end of the day, no one can drag you anywhere. There's yeah. some, something inside of you that's ready to, to let go of whatever's happened and leverage it to create something going forward. And um, this young woman, um, I've connected with her for the last three or four years and just, you know, just supported her. Um, Joey, who, you know, is the, the founder of Intermatrix Systems, my mentor, the person that I've been working with for the last eight years, um, offered this young woman uh, two years of to come to any weekend program she ever wanted to, as many as she wanted. She had, wow. she had complete access to anything she wanted. Mm. Total access. Okay. Now, he's done, he's made that offer before to other people that have been through certain things that just yeah. didn't have the means to make that work. Yeah, yeah. She's the only one I've ever seen choose to take, to, to leverage that offer. Mm. And she, and it was a joke because, you know, when I first got into this work, you know, I would, she asked me, she's like, how many weekends did you say you went to that first year you were involved? I'm like, I think I went to 14 weekend programs. She's like, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to more than that. Right? <laughs> so we had this yeah. little game that we played, right? Yeah. And this girl was, was in a place where she made a choice to not have her past define her future. Wow. And she actually leveraged the crap out of the, the, the experience of life she had um, because navigating what she navigated in her past, um, there's not much she's going to find in life that's going to come close to that. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah. follow me? So oh, her, her capacity, her resiliency, exactly. You do know, Sandy, right? And so, you know, this young woman who literally might as well have been raised, actually, if she was raised by wolves in the forest, it would have been better. Um, but like, didn't know how to like, function in the real world when she started is now like living in her own apartment, has a job, is doing amazing, beautiful young woman, like living her life in an incredible way. Okay. But yeah, she could have, and it would have been totally okay. Like there would have been nothing wrong with her saying, no, it's not possible for me to live a life based on what's happened to me. That's fine. It's an option. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just going to mean something for whatever reason. She was given an opportunity to choose something different and not, not from the standpoint of, hey, you can choose to be happy. No, I think that's a lot of horseshit, to be honest with you. Like if you were to go up to that young woman at 19 after what she's been through and say, you know, you know peace and happiness is a choice. That's bullshit. Not for her. Because no one's taught her how to create that. You got to learn how to create that experience. That's something you have to train. Happiness, peace, joy, that's, a, that's something you train. That's something you, you have to cultivate within yourself. Yeah. And so she, she took the choice to learn how to create that. Yes, yes, yes. And boy, did she leverage the crap out of it. And it is every time I see her, mm. she reminds me that there is literally no exception to what's possible for anybody regardless of what, what they've been through. Perfect story for Johnny Boy. Perfect story. So, Matt, um, you say this a lot about <laughs> how would you, I don't know how many years ago, but if people said, oh, life is good, just be happy, you wanted to like smack them. Do you remember that? Like, <laughs> like yes. I, oh, there was a time where I really didn't like joyful people. Yes. Andy. I'm yeah. glad we met when we met. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yes, you would have hated me. Um, but, um, <laughs> say like if you just go up and say to someone oh just be happy honestly Matt I'd want to punch them yeah you know, so I'm glad you mentioned like they just didn't have the right tools you can't just say okay 
like I was just listening to a podcast the other day and they went through all, you know, glass half full, glass half empty, and you can just switch and that's it. And you make a decision and now your life changes. But you and I talk about that all the time. Now what? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Now what? That it has to be something to be trained. So can you just talk a little bit more about your system that you work with and why you say that all the time? Like you can't just go to a motivational speech or listen to a podcast and go, okay, now I'm changed forever. Now my brain's ready. Yeah. The best example or analogy I can, I can give you is like, like me saying to Sandy, you can start, you can speak Japanese. You don't have to, you don't have to speak English anymore. Wow. Go ahead, go speak Japanese. Are you going to meditate me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. wh- what does that do for you? Besides make you feel terrible that you don't know how to speak Japanese. Correct. That's, that's right. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you can learn how to speak Japanese if you'd like to. And here's, here's a way to, to learn how to do it. Here's a, here's, here's a system that can teach you how to do that. That's much more empowering. And, and, and now I actually can do something, right? Yeah. And so, you know, the system, the inner matrix systems like that, that Joey has put together, it's, it's literally an inter, it's an inner training system. It's inner fitness. Like the joke these days that I hear people saying, it's like, it's a system to train your inner abs. Someone what they were joking about this. Okay. It's, it's truly a system that teaches you how to, how to train your inner reality, like how to train uh, uh, joy within yourself, how to align your thoughts with, you know, with joyful things, but not, not from like, um, hey, here's this idea, an understanding, right, which is important. You got to understand how things work, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have to go to that next level because understanding how things work don't change anything. Understanding yeah. how to swing a golf club doesn't allow you to swing the golf club. Like that doesn't work, right? So I understand my golf pro when he says, put your hands here, blah, blah, blah. I understand what he's saying. That does not mean I can execute. Yeah. Right. So the second level is, okay, I need to practice. I need to put these, this understanding into practice on a regular, consistent basis. And while I'm practicing, I need the feedback of the professional because there's this idea out there that per- practice makes perfect. Have you heard this one, Sandy? Absolutely. And perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> practice doesn't make perfect, right? Because if I'm practicing the technique incorrectly, all I'm doing is creating a bad habit. Yep. Right? I've so done that perfect before. practice makes perfect. Yes, yeah, so I think we could all relate to that one, right? So when I'm practicing, I need that checkpoint. Hey, like I need that feedback because I can't see myself. No one can see themselves. And so I have these checkpoints to say, hey, I understand the technique. I'm practicing the technique. And then I have this feedback loop to say, I'm actually, I know you think you're executing the, the technique. Like you think you're getting the club head square to the ball, but you're not. Here's, here's the adjustment. Oh, great. Thank you. Just like you said in class, Sandy, like it's the little calibrations that make the difference. And so the system, the training system that I've been inside of for myself personally, that I've been engaging with for my own growth and development, because I am, I am just as much a student as a teacher in this. Like I am learning every day. Um, and these classes that I've been teaching, it's literally a course to teach you not only understand how the brain works and how to create peace, but also creates a system for you to practice it and get the feedback so you know you're practicing it in the in the proper way you know matt i'm so glad you brought this up in that way because so many times so many times people say to me oh my god well they don't say to me but i hear through the grapevine there must be something really wrong with her i mean she always is going to these self-help things and these workshops and taking courses and i think it i've always thought of it as the opposite you know like i want growth there's nothing like I always always joke. There's nothing wrong with me, but I don't mean there's not anything I don't want to work on. But I didn't feel like it was broken. And you say that all the time, like you said, it's a choice. But that's how you run your classes. You start out saying that. Yeah, we're and not you, here to fix ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And so, how do you address that? Like, what would you tell people? You know, when they say, "Okay, I want to take this course. I want to take that course. And I'm t- reading this book." How, mm-hmm. how do you answer for when everyone's like, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing all that? 
Well, you know, it's fascinating. I actually read this in, um, I read this in Jim Rome's book, you know, good old Jim Rome, like yep, the guy yep. that kind of started this whole self-help thing. And it was something that I, I was just flipping. There's certain books I have on my bookshelf that I just periodically go back to because it's just the principles and the things that are there are just so good. And, and he, like, I believe, actually, I think it was in this book. God, sometimes I get confused of where I read stuff, but he, he, I don't know. He made this point in, in about um, every living thing on the planet has one objective while they're here on the planet. Like, like the question that I think he poses is how high does a tree grow? Mm. Like, how high does a tree grow, Sandy? I guess it depends on the tree. It 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 grows as high as it possibly can, and its entire life is about growing to its greatest potential. Oh, I like that. And every living thing on the planet, that's what they're doing, except humans have a choice. Gotcha. Oh, and I like so, that. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I, it's beautiful. I love it. It's total. I'm pretty sure it's Jim Rome. I apologize if it was a different book on my shelf, but I'm pretty it's sure not, it came from well, that book. If it's not Jim Rome, we'll attach something else because I think that's, okay. that's brilliant. And again, I don't know if he quoted that from somewhere else. I mean, to me, all this information is all of our information because it's in, it's in the consciousness of, of, you know what I mean? It's like, yes, it's, yes. like it's, all, it's everybody's. Like, that's how I relate to it. But, you know, but I loved that. And I'm like, yeah, like, like how high does a tree grow? It grows to it, to, to, it strives to it reach its highest potential. And so when, when somebody is engaging in these things, if that's the context they're operating inside of, which is the context I like try to be mindful of bringing to my growth and, and evolution and what I like to share with my classes is, hey, we're just here to extract the most incredible life we could possibly get like that's what i'm here to do is to to live like all of the experience of life they have to offer and 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 i will basically do and engage in anything that gives me access to that potential incredible life that i would like to create for myself so to go back to kind of why we got in this podcast to begin with is it's not in the context of i've got things i need to fix that are broken mm. Yeah. I you love can that. engage in the self-help that way. But yeah. like I said, it's just a different experience. Yeah. It's a lot more fun to create with tools than it is to look at a toolbox and say, ah, oh, I have these tools here because it's, it's what I use to fix things. Mm. Right? I yeah. share the story about my father and my son, uh, my, my son, my brother, where my dad, he literally had his own Home Depot in his garage. I mean, he had 17 and I know we all have, some of us have fathers like this that have like 85 of the same tool. And he had all the tools in his garage in case something broke. Mm. That's why they were there. My little brother who lives off the grid in Montana, when my parents moved uh, from their house in New Jersey and downsized, you know, after they raised their five kids, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they had the downside. So my dad's like major garage workshop. He's like, yeah, I don't need all this stuff. Well, my brother like drives a U-Haul out from Montana and backs it up and he goes into the garage and it was such an incredible moment because he looked in his garage and all he saw when he saw these tools is all the things he could build. Mm. Same tools. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, Love it. but he looked at them and he's like, I can make things with this. And I go, wow, that is a completely different way to relate to the same tools. Yeah. Isn't that so true, Matt? Isn't that so true? Yeah. I know I pushed us to the limit with that story there, Sandy. No, I love that. You know what? It's so true, though, because I keep thinking – so many times how I look at something and I don't understand why someone else is looking at it the other way, but it's also what you said. They may not have the right tools for it, you know, the way they look at things and they haven't been trained and they, and it's not just some innate to some people and you, you can be taught, you know, it's not like, Oh, okay. I'm yeah. a half empty person. And that's the way my life is going to be. That's not true. No. You know, and I, and it's just so important because I just heard it. I was on a podcast earlier and the woman goes, well, I, 
I get all this, but I'm have always been, I always will be a glass half empty. And that's just because she chose it. Exactly. The only reason why that's real is because she's making, she's choosing it to be real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Matt, we're going to have to bring you back on because I only got through half the questions and I don't even have time <laughs> to ask you all my like, okay, fast and furious, just answer quickly. But the one thing I do have to ask you before you go, I need to know your favorite color. Oh, blue. That's easy. Your favorite food. Pizza. Hands if, down. All right. If you're going to be an animal, what would it be? Oof. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, man, so many good ones, Sandy. Ah, shoot. I'll go with a Pelegrin Falcon. How about that? I haven't heard that one before. Okay. <laughs> it's literally the fastest, it's the fastest animal on the planet. It can fly over like 200 miles an hour or something. This up. is my son. Thank you to my son for that one. All right, Pelican Falcon. Oh, I like that one. All right, universe. When I say universe, what's it mean to you? It means it means oneness and connection and love. Ooh. All right, Matt Labosco, I love you dearly. My let's keep it real people. We have to go for now, but we promise to bring them back on. I'm sorry I didn't get to all your questions, but you can reach them at where, Matt? Where can they reach you? Uh, they can go to MatthewLabosco.com, um, and you can find all the information there. There you go. And you can reach out to him for anything we didn't go over. Don't forget to share I'm also – actually, I'm also on Instagram now and Facebook. I'm finally there. That's so, right. So, at Matthew Labosco. Yeah, there you go. Oh, Forgot that's about right. that one. He is there. I, I did some <laughs> likes. <laughs> all right. All right, we got to go, but – Make sure you check us out on Patreon. Support, rate, share, like, smash, whatever you're supposed to do. We love you. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.